0: Three, two, one, daylight coming, me want to do a podcast. Welcome folks to episode 24 of the Reel podcast with my friend Nick Ingersoll, who is currently the co-founder and CMO of Barnana, the upcycled banana bite snacks that, hold on, Nick, We gotta, we gotta try these out a little bit right here. Pop them open. i was just depend on one
1: mm
0: your favorite one? The yeah, peanut butter is all my favorite. Yeah. Mm. the peanut butter, the banana, the banana bite-sized snacks. Nick, yeah, man, these taste almost as good as my mom's <laughs> banana bread. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, that that inner
1: uh, mm. that inner layer of, of banana is kind of slowly baked like banana bread. Uh, very, very
0: reminiscent. But. My mom's not trying to end food waste, though. I'll tell you that. But you you are, right? Isn't banana <laughs> trying to... What's, yeah, what's I mean, the mission be, here uh, with
1: Barnana? Yeah, I mean, she may be eliminating some of the food waste um, in terms of maybe the bananas go bad on your table. And so you freeze them real quick to make some banana bread. Um, so in, in a way, that's sort of the consumer version of what we're doing, which uh, essentially the bananas that are grown, is kind of a dirty little secret of the industry. About 20% of the ones that are produced go to waste. And so we take that 20% um, mm. and turn them into snacks by dehydrating them, uh, you know, putting them into puree or frying them up and um, making a, a whole line of snacks out of them.
0: So the, the title for this thing, I was originally going to name it Save Ugly Bananas. That's the 20% of the bananas that, that don't get uh, used, right? Yeah, it's, it's funny because like, you know, <laughs> you often
1: hear the, the, <laughs> the uh, term coined. Uh, you you, um, you know, eyes in the uh, beauties in the eye of the beholder. And for us, it's like, yeah, you know, these are these are sort of ugly bananas. But really, if you look at them, they're still green. These bananas are something that you would put on your table and be like, oh, well, these are probably good and maybe I don't know, a week or something. But at the farm, if they're too big, too small, they have a bump or a bruise or a scratch or anything like that, they're mm. considered
0: ugly for farm standards and they never leave the farm. Mm. Now, where do you select your bananas from? Like, walk walk me through that process.
1: Yeah, so it's all done in South America. And so essentially these big banana producers, um, if they want to export fresh bananas, they have to survive the journey. So, again, mm-hmm. if they're a day or two too ripe, they by the time they arrive in the U.S., they get onto the, the you know store floor. Um, you know, they'll go home because uh, bananas have this really, really small uh, shelf life. So um, that's kind of the, the, the problem that we're solving.
0: That's pretty cool man. You know, it's what we try to feature on the podcast is really business that's being used as a force for good. And we we want to highlight the purposeful companies who are really taking a stand and and saying, "Hey, you know, business can be a subset of the environment. It can it can benefit society. It can have a triple bottom line." You know, but these things uh, People just don't know about them until they really are in that space. At least I didn't know anything about it until a couple of years ago. I mean, how did you get involved in something like this? I mean, you're a you know a kid from a very small town, and I think you said West West Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, man, what are you doing in this space now? <laughs> yeah, I'm not supposed to be here.
1: Um, I was supposed to be uh,
0: yeah uh, captured
1: on the sheep farm and, and never leave probably. Right. Uh, so I grew up in a really rural area. My my whole plan was to get there get out of there through education so I grew up um, you know we didn't have any money there was you know, r- really no way out and a lot of people never get to leave mm. that area um, so my whole thing was study really hard and get a 4.0 and in doing so then you'll be able to escape and so in doing that I, I went to college in California um, you know I met my now business partner Calway, Uh and the idea initially was we're gonna you know, we were looking at acai and coconut water and coming to the U.S. and doing really well. These products had been in South America forever, but just kind of commoditized and not really, you know, born into a brand. There was no Vitacoco or Zico or anything. And mm-hmm. so we see these brands doing that. And, and there's this other product uh, down there, which is these dehydrated bananas or, you know, Banana pasta, uh, Banana Seca in, in Brazil. And the idea was, well, we can create this type of product in the U.S., right? It hasn't been brought over here. That ended up turning into, we're going to be the banana brand, right? We're going to make the brand's anonymous with banana snacks. We're going to do for the banana what Palm Wonderful did for the pomegranate. Uh, right. It'll be easier for us because people actually eat bananas and pomegranates, you know, different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in doing that, we're like, all right, well, neither of us have any real food experience. I mean, I grew up on a farm, but that's much, much different than, you know, sure. the mass scale production CPG. And so, you know, we started talking to suppliers and that's when we found out that there was this giant food waste problem happening. And the, the, very, the very impetus of the company was we don't want to make anything that's not organic. Um, we want to do everything as sustainably as possible. Mm-hmm. So when we found out about this waste problem, it was just a natural fit. And that's what we decided to, to base our
0: mission on. Yeah. Well, these things, I, I, <laughs> I, know you like them, Nick, but I think these things should be illegal. I mean, I, I I've <laughs> gone through like three of these bags today alone today. I haven't eaten anything but bananas today. I literally had cereal with bananas on it. Um, I then went to Whole Foods. I purchased these bad boys and then these. And just all day, I'm like, I'm just, just going to go bananas today. That's all I'm going <laughs> to do. I'm going to eat bananas for lunch, bananas for dinner, and just get hyped up, work out, and then eat bananas to recover as well. Which reminds me, they're great sources of potassium, aren't they, for for working out? I mean, I worked at the women's basketball team at the University of Arizona, and the trainers, they said, eat bananas. Eat bananas. Yeah. They are the, no, the nature's most healthy source uh, for uh, or best source for potassium. Um, and I didn't know bananas are a berry. Did you know that? I did, and, and they're the trees are actually not trees, they're herbs. They're herbs. So, oh, yeah. so they're not. So the banana tree is not a banana tree, it's a banana herb. Correct. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of uh, different things that bananas can be used for, but um, banana snacks are definitely my favorite things that they're used for. So tell they're me definitely- more about um. You know this life that you're living. You know you're in Nebraska. You said the only way to get out is get that 4.0, and then you moved to California. And I think you uh, you went to San Diego State. What's a kid from western Nebraska doing in one of the nicest places in the country? Very weird. I mean, you know, well,
1: it's you know, Nebraska is technically the same country, but in reality, it's just a different. It's a different country. We just happen to speak the same language, right? right? Like. I mean, it could not be more polar opposite. It would be just as foreign to go to Ireland or Scotland or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so for me, going there was very strange. Right. I'd never been to California before I decided to move there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how sort of like uh, <laughs> what sort of desperation I had in terms of like trying to leave. Probably saw, I don't know, California on a red hot Chili Pepper music video or right. something like that. And uh, decided that's where I was going to go. Palm trees there. And um, so, so yeah, I, I picked all my stuff up after graduating high school had never been to california and uh just decided to move there like three months later so went and did that and you know of course my family no one's ever gone to college nobody knows anything about college so i'm just trying to figure it out on the internet Mm -hmm. and you know with my generation and and you know all the millennials that grew up with the internet if it hadn't been for that there's absolutely no way uh that i would know how to escape and know where to go or know what San Diego State even was so Mm -hmm. um, you know I I owe a lot of credit to that but yeah it it was very crazy to do.
0: Now did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Yeah so I'd always
1: been doing a bunch of entrepreneurial things right so like you know as a kid I would paint a lot so I started Mm -hmm. off in fine art Um, so I'd paint acrylic and oil paintings and sell them to galleries and things of course um that's a very tough business to be oh, in unless sure, you yeah. know a lot of very oh, wealthy yeah. people and build your name up in that way. Um but as a random kid from western Nebraska living on a sheep farm, um not a lot of opportunities to sell paying right, right. for that much money. So your return on time is just horrible. Um, you know, I would I would uh sell gum in sixth grade out of my locker. I would, you know, go and, and brand cattle and shave sheep and um basically just do anything. And you know, I started working part time when I was thirteen under the table, delivering papers in the winter time, which is horrific. Mm. Um, and, and doing <laughs> yeah, all the stuff. So, you know, it was either having a part-time job and or hustling all the time. And it's been that way. I've never had a lapse in that because I just haven't there my family has absolutely no financial support. And so mm-hmm. you know, there it was no other option. Um, if you want to go and, and do awesome things.
0: So flipping gum to and bananas. Now, you're the CMO, correct, of, Bar- of Barnana? Or is it Barnana or Barnana? Well, if you're
1: from Australia, they pronounce it differently. Here in the U.S., we usually say Barnana.
0: Barnana. Okay. So CMO. And, and I've, I've done a little my research. You design these, right? Hand design these. So I get now the, the acrylic paints to doing packages, packaging and designing. It looks terrific. It's very easy to understand exactly what I'm getting. But... I feel like when I see the package, it just pops at you, you know? It's not like a it's not like a normal snack that you just go and pick up from the store. Like there were other banana chips, and this actually was not in the band chip uh, chips section. This is um, in a different aisle, uh, one over. Um, but the other banana chips, I'll say if if you want to compare those two, they're definitely different. but the packaging's it's weak, man. It's just like yeah. plastic wrap. It's this really pops, bam, Barnana. <laughs> That's what's about. Um, yeah, and
1: actually, that package is um, the old one. I just I just did a rebrand on all the new bites oh, packaging. Oh, yeah, okay. so um, it's it, it's even a
0: little more poppy, if you will. Which reminds me, what am I getting with these stamps right here? For people that yes. can't really see, them, this is a little stamp. It's almost like a. a uh, my mom collects those things that you could cut out of a, a cereal box. That's exactly right.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was an homage. You know, <clears throat> I came up with this idea. It was, uh, I often say like, here's a terrible idea. And then you just say the idea. So that way you deflate the room from them being sure. like, that's a terrible idea. Because I'm already qualified. It might be a bad idea. Right. Um, so it was one of the terrible ideas that I had uh, called Gorilla Gear. So if you collect 50 of those things and send it in, then we'll send you a t-shirt or a hat, um, uh, something cool with, with the Barnana brand on it. So uh, it's the Gorilla
0: gear program is well, what that is i'm a tenth of the way there so i'm gonna keep, <laughs> keep on going um <laughs> but so i'm let, let's bring this back i'm you know i'm I'm really interested about how you got to this stage though you know we we talked about you're in nebraska you go to california not san diego state but you had a couple of didn't you start another company along the way that's right yeah so i started um a couple
1: of them so um, when I was in college, there was a few different things. So, uh, this is sort of gray market territory for the medical marijuana industry at the time, which did mm-hmm. actually, we're still living in, right. Um, state and federal. And so, mm-hmm. um, I was going around and, and designing a bunch of packaging and, and branding for companies that were selling edibles and, uh, oh, really? drinks and like all this stuff. Yeah. Just hustling basically with design work, uh, started doing a lot of freelance website design. So. I designed um, Darren Sproles, some some friend back in the NFL. Yeah. I do watch mm-hmm. football. Um, designed his first website, right? And just anything that I could do to try and get by. Again, I was living in the hood and, um, you know, having to work full to part-time during college, going to college full-time. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hashtag no social life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, all of the hope, of course, like, you know, uh, of seeing the future and before your life can get there, your mind has to see it. Um, So my mind was seeing the future and my life just had to sort of suffer uh, to get to that point. And so um, I started a a company called Candy Lab, which is an augmented reality company uh, where we would essentially white label augmented reality technology that we'd created for brands. And this is 2011, 2012. So if I'd known that all I had to do was put a Pikachu on the app. Um, then uh, probably would have uh, <laughs> made a lot more money in that venture. But we raised some capital, did our thing, did some client work to sort of support the cash flow, which is an interesting way to fund the business. So mm-hmm. we were sort of a boutique uh, internet web creation agency uh, hybrid. So that, that we take all the client dollars and all the retained earnings, and then pump that into the augmented reality platform that we were developing. And um, yeah, I left uh, left that to to go and sell bananas for
0: a living. Yeah, well, you're on the, the <laughs> AR game very early. I mean, we I think I had a conversation with somebody back in August, Diason Gonzalez of Microsoft, and she was leading the forefront of AR in their department. And I was learning all about that stuff. I had no idea about AR.
1: And this, oh, yeah. that stuff
0: is fascinating. And it's going to be <laughs> everywhere in a couple of years, I'm sure. But yeah. um, so back to hashtag no social life. You know, as a recent, <laughs> as a recent college grad, man, I'm, you go to – San Diego State you went to San Diego State and you had no social life what did that <laughs> what did that do to you like seriously like did it did, was that just like we talk about extra motivation we talk about you know having an axe to grind did that is that a partial reason for you wanting to push yourself a little bit further so yeah, it's an interesting
1: question. I guess San Diego State probably has a connotation of being somewhat of a party school or at least some sort of social It's just a school. nice place, you know? <clears throat> hard yeah, to, yeah. Hard to have a bad time there. That's true. I, I did enjoy my time there, you know, but again, where I was living, man, you know, I was in a super bad spot, um, you know, trying to take myself back to that, that time. It was like, you know, I, I went from being a rural poor um, to being urban poor, which both suck, but they're just different. Um, in urban poverty, you're just surrounded by a bunch of other people that are poor that then can steal from people. And, you know, uh, the people in, in my neighborhoods were pimping and selling drugs and stealing shit. And those mm-hmm. are the people that were around me all the time. Meanwhile, starting companies and going to college and, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a very, uh, harsh environment in that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's all the motivation that I needed. All the motivation that I needed was to see how my parents struggled their entire lives, how we had to rely on government assistance growing up and uh, you know, just staring down the barrel of that gun and and knowing that I don't want that trigger to be pulled on me. So, you know, it was, uh, it it was really sort of a survival thing. And um, you know, that was something that, that I made a decision very early on to work as hard as humanly possible to make sure that I never end up that
0: way. Definitely. definitely. You're living the American dream right now. I mean, you really are. If you think about it you take a step back, um, but when you're working so many hours, you know, tirelessly day after day, and, and you love it, I, I, I get that, I can relate to that. But how do you take your mind off of something like that? You know, do you do any meditation? Do you do exercise? What do you do?
1: Yeah, actually, um, I started meditating probably my freshman sophomore year in in uh, college, and um, it was because of that. It was a super high stress environment, right? Like my entire neighborhood is just full of crime. And I'm going to, you know, I'm working uh, 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week, and then going to school full time, not having hilarious. a social life. So meditation became a thing where, you know, it really just got me centered and got my mind right. Um, and I've been continuing that practice forever. And, you know, I don't subscribe to any particular type of meditation, but, you know, just sitting down and getting getting uh, down and meditating, I've just done it for so long. Um, that was a huge piece of that. Now it's a little bit different. I still work maniacally. Um, <laughs> so that hasn't changed. Um, but occasionally, you know, I love jujitsu. So that's a, that's another type of meditation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, choking your friends and trying not to let them choke you. Um, that, that I really like, uh, Muay Thai, I like getting out into the wilderness mm-hmm. alone and and backpacking for a few days. And, you know, one thing that you have uh, out there is just the wild, right? And the wild right. doesn't give a shit about you or where you grew up or where you're at now or what you think of you or anybody else. Um, you know, you fall into that river, it's just going to sweep you on away like every other animal and every other man, woman, right. and child that's succumbed to that wilderness. And so um, that in and of itself is is a pretty, a pretty cool meditation.
0: Yeah. Those, those wolves, man, they really don't care about your ROI. Do they?
1: <laughs> yeah, not really. No. Yeah, bear, bear starts uh, smelling some berries in your tent. Uh, <laughs> he's not really concerned about your TPA. It's
0: like lice not bananas. Good thing. There's no gorillas out there.
1: Yeah, true that.
0: Um, <laughs> So uh, another thing, so jujitsu. All right, I got one. So I I took up jujitsu three months ago. Man, it's tough to stay with. It really is. But getting (laughs) choked out for the first time was like, whoa, like, all right. (laughs) I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. But um, it it is very helpful in terms of just relieving that stress, just being in that zone, being focused. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the question I got to ask you is, all right, so if you're going to go into the octagon, What's the song? What's the walkout song? <laughs> um, I think it is,
1: uh, a job for a cowboy song.
0: Job for Um, a cowboy.
1: yeah, it's a job for a cowboy is a death metal band. Um, and I think I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the second one of the second song of the very first album. I think it's the entombment of something.
0: And, uh, it's quite good. So are you a death metal guy? Does that just get, get your, uh, gets your blood going?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I'm pretty genre agnostic. I write a mm-hmm. lot of folk music, um, mm-hmm. and Americana music now, but I was in a death metal band in high school for five years. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I love it all. EDM, you know, some some good hip hop, some death metal. Yeah,
0: I'll tell you what. I don't discriminate on genres whatsoever. I don't. But death metal, like, there's something about <laughs> it that no, I'm serious. Death metal is something that I'm like it. It's like hyped, but like I feel so calm when I'm listening to it. Um, because it's already at a level that I'll just never be able to get to. So Yeah, um, yeah. Definitely nice. So we got a question that came in um, from one of our fans. And um, the question is, what was the journey like launching a food brand in such a crowded marketplace? Any struggles that you had with that?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, there's a good anecdote here. So initially we were thinking, okay, so we got the banana thing, right? We got got the idea for, for banana products. But the question is, When you want to create the brand synonymous with banana-based snacks, well, what product do you want to launch, right? I mean, there's an infinite amount of possibilities that you could make out of bananas. Um, And so part of that was like, okay, do we want to make banana snacks that are in their current form? Do we want to make a bar? What do we want to make? And so when we were looking at the energy bar category uh, from the very get-go, that is arguably one of the most crowded pieces of any store that you walk into and very hard to differentiate yourself. Um, and so we decided to make these stand-up pouches instead because of that exact reason. Mm. Uh,
0: so I'm, I'm going to try to tie this into Yeah. So as people know, Releaders trying to inspire better leaders for a better world. And you know the triple bottom line is something that is so important to us. We're trying to make these companies cool. And so we see a company like Barnana and kind of what you just said um, with everything coming into the marketplace I mean, uh, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs out there who, who are kind of unaware of the triple bond line, the, the theory, and, and that your, your business can really make a big impact on, on society and the, in the environment?
1: Yeah, so a lot of times what happens is when people think about doing good, they think about it in a nonprofit sense. And I think it's the wrong way to think about it. Uh, it's not the wrong way, but I think that for mm, most right. people, it's not the best way. And the reason I say that is because of the triple bottom line, right? I mean, it's the people, the planet and profit that's Mm -hmm. important. And just because you're involved in a business that makes profit does not mean that you have to be a total piece of shit, right? Um, right? Like you don't have, you don't have to source bad ingredients and feed people poison. You don't have to just, you know, squeeze your employees and not give them any benefits. And like, you don't actually have to do that. And that's just the way the business was conducted back in, you know, the golden age of the thirties. And, Uh, Throughout history, and we're we're at a place now where we have the choice not to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Bardan and a lot of brands like us are are deciding not to go that route. And um, you have to really take care of people. And um, the reason that I say that that maybe the nonprofit is not the best way to look at this is that the market is going to reward brands for doing good. That's what we're seeing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the best way to amplify your message is to create a product, right, that that inherently does good. Right, yeah. it inherently solves some problem and and provides social good. Such that the more products you sell and the better job you do marketing your business and your products, it it doesn't just make you more profit, but it it scales the good, the actual good that you're doing. Um, and that's something that's a relatively new concept. Um, and since we live in a capitalistic society, uh, people need to come to that realization that that you can have both
0: of those things. Definitely, you know, and and that's the thing that we're also finding is just we're really we're covering like all of these businesses that are starting to do that or have been doing that and just have been getting this notice. And it's incredible stuff, Nick. I mean, yeah. from two years ago, just finding out about this to now and, and how um, c- consumers are being conscious about what they're buying. It's pretty fascinating stuff. And, and we're hoping this, this trend can continue. And, and it has in, and, in long-term growth and, and sustain, uh, sustainability. Um, so, we got another question coming in for you, Nick. Um, Julie Van Ness wants to know what's next? It seems like you guys got this whole thing going on. You know, you're talking, you know, this is it for the long term. This is long term. What's next for Barnana?
1: So, the next thing for Barnana is to just keep introducing awesome products. Um, <clears throat> it's also getting better at what we do. Um, you know, it's, it's always growing and, and learning. I think one of the things that is easy to do is you look at somebody like an Elon Musk or whoever, um, you know, take your pick and you say man that guy's got it all figured out right i mean (laughs) he must just be killing it meanwhile at nighttime he he has a million fires a million problems just like i do and everybody else and and trying to get better at doing what you do right whether that's reducing your cost of goods sold uh, getting the message out better so you can really scale the good and scale the profit and the people that you hire and everything else um you know and and introduce more products uh we have a, a new product launching in january it's tropical banana bites so it's a Mango, pineapple, goldenberry, oh, banana bite—my personal favorite. Oh,
0: um, we probably excited. got some
1: spicy plantain chips uh, on the docket for some time With in 2019. Um, so yeah, now man, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fire things on deck.
0: Man, if if you guys don't go out of business, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be super sized, man. These <laughs> things are dynamite. <laughs> like that's the thing though, is like you think about like a lot of, like organic foods or something like that. It's like, oh, it costs more money and it's it's a little granoli. No, not the case with Barnett. These things are delicious.
1: That's actually a really I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good point, is that you know, a lot of people, even in the natural foods industry today, they just fall in love with whatever mission they have, right? And whether it's doing social good or whether it's the nutrient the macro or micronutrient values in their products they they focus too much like that and what they end up forgetting about is the taste of the damn product right and if if you have a product that tastes good you're going to be able to scale your mission if you have a product that tastes bad and has a great mission well no one's going to eat it so your mission's thwarted
0: to begin with no definitely and so nick so how how old are you exactly right now don't matter 30 years old okay so 30 30 now 30 years old okay. feeling, feeling old bro the three zero when that hits man that first digit change yeah what's yeah what's that like tell me like speak to me from the future what's that like
1: yeah from the future from the future it feels the exact same it's, it, <laughs> it's very bizarre
0: uh what's that uh, uh the interview you seen the interview with uh was it seth rogan and uh what's his name you seen the interview right when they go That's to North Korea, you haven't seen it. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm familiar with it. I don't watch TV oh, okay. film or anything. I'm feels the same
0: know but different, but but still the same. All right, never mind. Same, big same guy. but different. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. So advice now, advice for people my age, people that are coming up, going into the workforce, people in Western Nebraska, give it to them. Yeah, I think one big piece of it is
1: just don't be scared. I think a lot of people are scared, um, whether they outwardly want to admit it or not um if you come from nothing then you have nothing to lose and if you come from something then you have a little bit to lose and you'll be fine either way so in either scenario uh failure is not the worst thing that can happen um you got to shoot your shots you got to try uh you know barnana has has turned out to be an amazing success and you know what what myself and and kawi and matt and team have built uh something truly special that i'm super proud of and um, you know, I get to share every day with, with all sorts of folks. And so it's super meaningful, but you know, th- there's been a ton of failures before that too, and things that I thought would, would blow up and would do really well. Candy lab included, um, mm-hmm. with augmented reality and, you know, we, we judge the market prematurely and I was going to college while starting that business, right. And raising capital and, um, you know, it's, it, you're going to fail. Sometimes I don't agree that you should celebrate your failures You'll see some of these guys celebrate your failure. i love to fail. You know what, man, I love to, fa-. that's all bullshit. You don't yeah, love to fail. Yeah. You're lying. Um, it's, it's, right. it's okay to fail. Right. And you should take the failure and learn from it for sure. But, you know, definitely don't, don't fear it. Um, and you're going to have to work hard. I, oftentimes what happens is I hear a lot of this, like, you know, work smart, work hard type of shit. There's just no excuse for the hours that you put in, Um, And even if you work a full time job or you're going to school, Mm. you still have at least an hour in your day somewhere to fit in whatever it is. And the third thing that I would say is make sure that that you're passionate about what you're doing, but don't let your passion blind you to the market. Mm. So maybe you're super passionate about, you know, whatever Lincoln Logs. Well, guess what? Lincoln Logs already exist and they're pretty good. So unless you have some sort of crazy innovation there, don't launch Lincoln Logs. Um, But you do have to be passionate about it. I've launched a bunch of random you know websites in the past just content sites that make 2 or 3 hundred bucks a month or something like that and I was trying to scrape by about just random niche stuff right and you know purely SEO game and and that's great but I'm not passionate about lock picking or whatever like I don't really care that much and if you don't care that much you're not going to pay enough attention to it and you'll never maximize
0: its potential Well, you hear to hear first that's great advice right there and nick Thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate your time and your inspiration for me and all the real leaders out there. Um, had a great time on, on this podcast, episode 24 today. Learned a ton. Um, and, and wow, what a story. Western Nebraska to slanging bananas. Yes, sir. We are really out here grinding. <laughs> well, thanks for all that you do. Any last words about where people can find Barnana, these wonderful delicious bites that i've been eating in this entire episode or anything like that any last words
1: absolutely yeah so you can find us all over the place you can find us um at hudson news the same place you can find uh, some real leader publications that's right um that's right you can find us in whole foods uh most of your major grocery outlets amazon.com of course you can find us at barnana on instagram shoot us a dm And let me know where uh, you heard about Barnana, if it was here um, or elsewhere. And uh, you might get some Barnana sent to your house. If you want to ask me any questions, you can hit me up at at IngersollNIK on Instagram. Tends to be a good place to do that. And other than that,
0: um, you know, get out there and and do some awesome shit. Well, there you go, folks. You heard it here first. Go to that Hudson News. Pick up that Reelers magazine while you're uh, chewing on some banana snacks. And always, folks, keep it real.